From the Sky News Centre, this is Business Weekend. Hello and welcome to the program. I'm Tiki Fullerton. This is a special news hour as we wait for the Prime Minister to announce the government's $66 billion package for Australians' small business and those who lose their jobs during this pandemic. The package is huge, has to be, and there will apparently be more to come. It's a key part of what the Prime Minister and Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe calls the bridge to recovery that will keep the Australian economy running through the tsunami of the coronavirus and leave us in a position on the other side because we will get there in a position to rebuild the economy and a prosperous and healthy Australia. Well, the Prime Minister and Josh Frydenberg will be at the podium very shortly. Joining me now for all the analysis is Chief News Anchor Kieran Gilbert in Canberra, Political Editor Andrew Clennell in Sydney, and also our Markets guest Matt Kidman, Kidman from Centennial Asset Management. Gentlemen, welcome. Well, Kieran, first, a, a huge bazooka being launched to get Australia through. Take us through it all. Yeah, the first point to make is that it's more than three times the size of the initial tranche ticket. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? But nine days ago, the government said $17.6 was it for the moment. We'd await to the May budget. Well, now the budget's in October and already nine days mm. on, we have this announcement, $66 billion it's going to amount to today. As you rightly said in your introduction, a large part is on SMEs, businesses with turnovers of $50 million or less, either through payments to subsidise wages up to $100,000 on that front, paid through the BAS statements as uh, basically returning tax withheld for employees. The mm. other component is a significant one, $20 billion from the federal government underwriting small business loans. And that would allow for up to $40 billion in loans that they don't have to repay for the first six months. So this is the bridge that they're hoping will work, at least for the foreseeable future. But I think the key word there is ticky hope. And as yes. you were mentioned, we're already looking to the fact that there will be at least a third stage of this economic support. Mm. I think we should explain to everybody as well, the government keeps talking about tax withheld. I found that quite confusing. This is for small businesses. They normally pay the workers' income tax, don't they, to the government. That's the tax we're mm. talking about, isn't it, that the government is, is using to work around how much up to that 100000 cap that, that actually yep. these small businesses get. But Andrew Clennell, politically this is small business, yes, but it's also actually people out of work, isn't it? Yes, there's no doubt there'll be uh, a very large component, maybe 10 to 20 billion, uh, for those finding themselves on New Start. And in order to do that, they're doing all New Start recipients. We recall 4.8 billion was in the first package, mm. and that was for $750 payments to pensioners, New Start, and families earning under 100,000. So if we saw 4.8 billion in the first package, and I guess maybe roughly one third of that group is the people we're talking about, one third to a half. For another $750 payment, you're looking at a couple of billion. Maybe we're looking at fortnightly $750 payments because they've really emphasised here they're not putting it structurally into the budget. They're not increasing new starters, a lot of people have called on them to do, even mm. before this crisis. It's in the form of a temporary type relief payment. That's what the PM will be announcing here. Of course, 
important to remember with that first 17.6 billion tranche, more than 11 billion of it just isn't out there at the moment, including that first 750, which is scheduled to start rolling out March 31. So that's not even out the door yet. They're announcing more. Who knows in two weeks, Tiki? You know, especially when you look at things like Boris Johnson's wage guarantee and, yeah. and you look at uh, the fact that if we have some form of shutdowns, a lot of places are going to have to go to business for six months, whether there, there won't be another package in as little as two weeks. I actually anticipate that. The government might not at the moment, but yes. that's the way it seems to be heading. Yeah, it's extraordinary, and we are looking at places like Britain who are that much further ahead down the curve. Matt Kidman, let me bring you in here from a market's point of view. Of course, markets' reaction to a lot of these packages around the world, including the US, have been a bit, you know, difficult to predict. Uh, we've got the market opening again tomorrow. How do you think the market's going to receive this? Look, I think the market's only probably, markets are normally six, nine months ahead of the real world. I think they're only a couple of weeks ahead. That's how quick things have happened. The demand shock, which was in travel and tourism in February, just hit two weeks ago. And what the government's doing here and elsewhere is possibly the only thing they can do because it, it's, it, demand has just fallen away in so many industries so quickly and yes. unemployment's going to skyrocket so quickly. So the markets are feeling their way through it. They'll, they'll bottom before the real economy does, but they need some signs that things are happening. I don't think, to give you an idea, Goldman Sachs in the US, not here, said the June quarter might shrink as much as 24% in wow. the US. That's quarter of the economy. Now, that's extreme. That's the highest number. But the numbers are ratcheting up as people realise what's going on. So the stimulus package today equates to about 9, 9 or 10% of our economy. Yeah. So that's how serious it is. So the markets are it's grappling massive. to stay ahead. It's massive, yeah. Mm. And so what are the key signs that the market will look for? We don't know yet. All eyes are on Italy to see actually do, do, do the uh, occurrences of the virus and the deaths start to level out, given they've been in shutdown the longest in Europe. Obviously, the Asian countries have seemed to have done better. Uh, Iran, which was early, seems to be levelling out. They're all good signs. But for us, it seems that Europe and the US are the keys because that's, that's where most of the money is in the world that invests in capital markets. So the yeah. markets, they're not ready to bottom, but they're only a couple of weeks, maybe a month ahead of the real world, and yeah. they're still heading down. And, and Kieran, look, Andrew is mentioning now how, what a, how fast paced this is, and the government may have to jump in. It is a six month package, so we're building this mm. bridge out, but the other side also risks being further away than six months, doesn't it? It does. It, it certainly does. And so much of this rests on what's happening in our research labs around Australia, around the world. There right. have been some progress. Uh, I've spoken to senior figures in the government who are, not, well, they're not optimistic, but they're hopeful that some of those breakthroughs will see uh, significant, a significant impact, particularly on the death toll in relation to coronavirus. Say if we can come up with something, an existing drug like a malaria drug or HIV drug, which UQ have been looking at. They're, they're rolling out trials of this now around the country with about a million dollars in federal government support. But if that can at least reduce the death toll, it would take a fair bit of the fear out in terms of uh, not just the social engagement, but the economic engagement, I think, as we uh, look ahead to the rest of the year. So, so much of this rests on the medical breakthroughs, the government's right to be putting more money into that. And let's hope, mm. we pray, that there are going to be some substantial uh, changes and improvements on that front. Just to pick up on one thing that Andrew said about the schools, I, 
He's right to say that it's, I think it's inevitable now we're heading towards school closures over coming weeks. But if that happens, you can, be, you can rest assured the pubs will be shut, the restaurants will be shut. Because yes. how can you have pubs, hotels open, people socialising with notional distance limits and so on when you've shut the schools down for that very engagement well, exactly. reason? I think if you're going to shut the schools, they'll be shutting the pubs well and truly by that time. Yep, Kieran. Andrew, Matt, we'll be coming back to you shortly for more analysis. Uh, we're still standing by, but the government's mega package, and which is going to announce, we're minutes away from it, it's the other crucial link in the, in the bridge to recovery for Australia. It comes on top of that $105 billion so far in quantitative easing and fiscal stimulus, the first out-of-cycle rate cut by the RBA since 97, and that six-month freeze on small business loan payments from the banks. The regulator, APRA, has relaxed capital buffers for the banks and the big four are now offering financial help to customers large and small. Ring them up. The Commonwealth Bank CEO Matt Common led the planning for the whole of the banking sector. I asked him how the banks are going to give small businesses confidence to take on more debt. Clearly we're going to need to do whatever it takes to get businesses through. Some are going to need direct cash assistance, particularly some of the industries that are very directly impacted. And we can see that already in the numbers that, that are coming through the economy in spend data and in consumption. But with a, a rate of 0.25%, that's going to be made available to financial institutions. Uh, that'll be then provided at, at very low cost uh, to small businesses. So it's clearly going to be you know, a lowest cost of financing than we've ever seen in Australia. Uh, but you're quite right, it's going to need a range of measures. We're going to have some customers uh, that actually can't take on more debt. They're going to need assistance. They're going to need flexibility and support uh, from their financial institutions. We're working very closely with the regulator. APRA made an announcement today. Uh, and it's going to take a number of different steps from all of us to try and get uh, businesses through and make sure that we're there and in place to recover, which we are going to do. And we should all be optimistic about the medium to long-term prospects of the Australian economy. CBA has announced help for uh, mortgage borrowers at the moment. Um, but, but are you actually going to offer interest holidays over this period as well? There's a number of different measures that are already in place, as you said. Uh, and a number of those are made uh, on a case-by-case -case basis. We and a number of other industry participants are thinking about what's a broad-based level of support that the entire industry could offer. And I think you'll see some subsequent measures coming out in coming days to support both business customers and personal customers. And some people are being directly impacted. Of course, not everybody is. Uh, so we need to make sure that we're flexible and we can support the customers who need our help the most as quickly as possible. You yourself have announced the bank today uh, a one percent drop on a lot of business loans. Uh, you know a drop in uh, in uh, uh, fixed interest rates for your borrowers and a rise in deposit rates for your savers. Now this is all, as you say, going to put pressure on margins. Will this have implications for dividends? I think it's far too early, Tiki, to be thinking about the implications for dividends. I mean, that's the sort of thing that we will, of course, be looking at regularly, but a decision won't be made around that until our full year results in August. I mean, what we've done is we've looked at the steps that the Reserve Bank has taken. As you said, they've cut the cash rate. We can transmit that in, through a variety of different mechanisms. We've run, as you said, the lowest ever fixed rates the Commonwealth Bank has ever offered, a 229, one, two and three year fixed rate. 
The Reserve Bank's made it very clear that the cash rate's going to be at this point for a long period of time. So I certainly believe it's a, it's a good time for customers to be really considering about taking up a fixed rate. Uh, as you said, we've cut our uh, cash funded or business facilities that are funded off the cash rate by 100 basis points or four times the RBA rate cut today. We think it's incredibly important that we're supporting small businesses. And the other thing that we're really seeing is the dynamic of our customers, particularly older Australians who are unfortunately at the moment under greater health risk. They've seen term deposit rates come down substantially in Australia. In many cases, they've probably seen their income reduced by two thirds over the last two years. And so we've made a decision to, to run a 12 month, uh, 170 basis point term deposit special, which was a 60 basis point increase on where we were. Uh, it's, a, it's a negative rate uh, in terms of what the bank, we're actually losing money on that offer, but we really wanted to do something to help. Yeah, CBA Chief Matt Common there. Extraordinary how the banks have gone from like a couple of months ago trying to recover their reputations to now playing such a vital part in helping to bridge uh, Australia through to beyond COVID. Now, can I bring in Andrew Clennell again here now? Because that is it, isn't it? We're all in the same boat. Are we expecting bipartisan support for whatever happens today? I think there is, but there was a signal this morning the opposition might be reluctant on this suggested measure that's coming forward around um, uh, being able to access your super with uh, the Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers saying it's not a great time to be accessing your super when the markets aren't in a good position. On the other measures, I think so. And indeed, I think the opposition believes that the government should be going harder and, and faster with this package. And I think there's probably some merits that way. I just wanted to touch, Tiki, on something Kieran said before as well. I think there's a strong chance that after the April school holidays, schools might not be going back. Let's see what happens. I think they'll be shutting pubs, restaurants and cafes first, which Kieran alluded to. But obviously all that has a massive economic effect too. I'm just putting the idea in people's minds that that is a possibility as the trajectory of the number of cases uh, gets worse here. Now, they're not shutting schools at the moment because they're worried about passing on to grandparents and what kids will get up to outside school and also it doesn't appear to pass that easily between children they're not as susceptible to it they certainly don't get as ill to it uh, from it but if we're going towards shutdown that's where we could end up certainly we've seen it in Britain and other countries yeah exactly well Matt I mean that the consequences for that of course Matt Kidman uh, with businesses everywhere effectively shutting down I mean, it's been really noticeable hasn't it that companies across the board they have been dropping their guidances haven't they yeah, and they're just the listed ones. Everyone's, this new term, walking away from guidance because demand's dropping so quick that they don't know where earnings are going to end. Just on the timing for markets and for businesses, I think it's critical. I mean, I, personally, I think it would be better for the government to go now, shut down everything leading mm. into the school holidays. If the hospitals, talking to hospitals from the business side, they're getting ready for a peak in late April, early May. Now, they might, might be right, might be wrong, I don't know, but if you go early, the the sooner businesses can get back to something. I think, I think six to eight months, which the Prime Minister's talking about, before we get back to any kind of normal activity, is a bridge too far. If we talk about that bridge, no matter how much the stimulus is, people can't make plans. They can, they can negotiate with their landlords, they can negotiate with their employees, they can negotiate with the banks for a period if they know how long they're out for or an about period. If you go eight to 12 months in this, I don't think the rescue packages are going to work and the markets will be uh, petrified around that. So I'm a bit the opposite. Go hard, go early and yes. see if we can come out of it quicker.
Okay, Kieran, what are you hearing? You talk to so many politicians and leaders about this. There seems to be a ratcheting up and increasing. I mean, clearly that that cruise liner mistake yesterday was was a mea culpa. I mean, do you see uh, a, an overwhelming uh, shift in how fast uh, things are moving in Canberra? Yeah, I've not seen anything like this, uh, Tiki. I've been here the best part of two decades and have not seen anything remotely like this. Not even the GFC. The GFC, if you remember, was the first package was $10 billion or thereabouts in December. It was four months before the next package. This time we've got 10 days and now it's three times the size of the first package. We're talking about a situation which is just extraordinary, hard to fathom. It feels surreal in many respects, but... What the, the difference is this time that Scott Morrison and Josh Frydenberg are dealing with is, unlike the GFC, the vast majority, if not everyone, knows about this. Unless you're very, very young, you are fully aware of what's happening here. It is a health crisis. We are trying to save tens of thousands of lives as a nation. And we're being tested as a nation as well, not just in an economic and political policy sense, but in a social sense. Mm. We're being tested as individuals and hopefully, I hope, and I've certainly seen examples of it, you know, in, in uh, this small part of the world, and I'm sure there are right around this country of people being their best selves. But sadly, we've also seen some extraordinary, extraordinarily uh, irresponsible, uh, irresponsible yes. behaviour. And hence, I think going back to your question, we will see more draconian measures as a result, yeah. because quite simply, uh, people have to be told exactly what needs to be done. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.